Today on the Good Word, we're talking about good battle strategy. When I find myself overwhelmed by all the demands of modern life, the phrase "pick your battles" comes to mind. You've heard that. If we're going to face a sea of troubles, as Hamlet suggests, surely we can't fight every fight. In literal battles, armies have limited resources to defend themselves and what they're protecting. In our day-to-day conflicts, we might not have the energy or even the time to do everything that crosses our path. In Romans 14, the Apostle Paul addresses a debate that had been cropping up among some of the saints. Some insisted that they should eat no meat, while others were offended that anyone should tell them what they could and couldn't eat. Paul could have declared one way or another which he personally felt was right, even if there wasn't divinely given doctrine on the subject. But that wasn't the point. Paul used this situation as a jumping-off point for a discussion on the exact nature of what the kingdom of God was like, and what the people who inherited that kingdom would be like. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace. And things wherewith one may edify one another, the squabbles of day-to-day differences between his children don't overly concern the Lord. He's always there when we seek Him, and He'll guide us when we seek Him. But whether or not we eat meat is less important than our reactions to friction between us and a fellow brother or sister. There are certainly causes worth fighting for, people worth protecting, and beliefs worth defending. Maybe the phrase. Pick your battles is misleading. Surely not everything needs to involve a fight. If we believe Paul's description of a heaven that's best characterized by peace, maybe we should practice peace in this life. The Lord, in His visit to the Americas after His resurrection, gives His radical message of peace, characterizing His people in familiar terms. In Third Nephi chapter twelve, He gives several examples of what people practicing peace might look like. Blessed are all the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Behold, it is written, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you, that ye shall not resist evil. But whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain, meaning two. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. It's often easy to jump to the defensive when confronted with unfair or hurtful acts. Just because God has asked us to try and make peace doesn't make the situation any less painful. But part of practicing peace means that we have peace returned to us for our efforts. The Lord is trying to make a peace-loving people to occupy and inherit His peace. We lash out naturally against pain, tending to react rather than act calmly. We need practice in order to make peace our first reaction, which is precisely why the Lord provided the example. And that's the good word.